And then it goes on to say it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. But that, that, that one part of that verse that says, for what is your life, got me to thinking, what is my life? What is my life all about? And then to carry it over to everyone else, what is your life? Um, kids can go anything from football is life to gaming is life to food is life. I can kind of relate to that. Um, you know, there's there, what, whatever has consumed your life is what most people would say, you know, this is life. For Miss Rebecca, I'd say crocheting and taking care of babies. Um, she loves kids, little kids, and um, she loves to crochet, and crocheting is life, or baking is life. I could go down the list. You know, she loves to do these things, and so, you know, we've, I'm, I'm assuming we've all heard the phrase of somebody when they discuss things that they really enjoy is, you know, this is life. There's a lot of people who live with the mentality of football is life that's going to be really busy here in a few weeks. Um, I can't remember the date, but there's the, the, biggest game of, the biggest football game of the year is just in a few weeks, and that will be what their whole life culminates to for the year. They, they watch football all year long just to, at the turn of the new year to be ready for playoffs, to be able to sit down and watch the Super Bowl because football is life. There's people who, baseball is life. They, they chase after the World Series all over the place. Um, for my dad, Florida Gator football was life. He lived for Florida Gator football. If he could go to a game, he was going to get a ticket and go. If he could make a big thing out of any football game, any of the Gator games that he could watch, that's what he would do. Is It'd be a big deal, have a big, uh, you know, cookout at the house and watch football all day Saturday and the, the goal was to watch Florida Gator football. If other games didn't interfere, we could watch them. Um, you know, there are some people, NASCAR is life. They chase after the track. Um, I, 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 I got mixed emotions about NASCAR. You know, if, if you want to go make a bunch of left turns all day long and burn a bunch of fuel, more power to you. Um, at least the quarter mile, you're just testing your speed. You're, you know, the other time you're just driving in circles, as Rebecca puts it, circle time. Um, but again, this, this, this idea of what is your life? And James was talking about, you know, the length of it more or less. It's even, it's, it is but a vapor as it appeareth and then it's gone. But even though we're only here for a short amount of time, what does your life amount to? What is your life focused on? When... God created man back in Genesis. <coughs> he, he, said, he breathed life into man. And of course, I didn't highlight the verse in here. But it says that uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man, put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then it goes on to, to, to list basically the location and some other things, and he puts man in the garden to tend the garden. When, when he gave man life, he... 
And notice, nowhere else did he give, if you look at Scripture and take Scripture for what it is, nowhere else did he breathe life into anything else but mankind. So mankind is really the only thing that has, human beings are the only things that, in, in a spiritual sense, a life to be concerned about to begin with. And so the question should be important to us, what is my life? If it was something that God thought to make it special and, and, and unique just for mankind, then why would I let it just pass me by without a second thought? Why would I let it pass me by with it just being, you know, getting up and punching the clock or making a sale or, 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 or you know, whatever the case may be, whatever it is, just going through the routine. And to be honest, I've caught myself at those moments of just letting my life just be the routine. And then at the end of the week or the end of the month or even at the end of a year, you're or I would look back, I'm not going to put this on anybody else. I may be the only crazy one that ever caught myself in that rut of just letting life be a routine. But look back and say, what was my life? Think of people who go to the assembly line and that they just work an assembly line job for 30, 40 years. And that is their life. And when they retire, they're too wore out to do anything else. And then they end up on their deathbed and they look back and what did I do with my life? Work was life, and they can't take any of that with them. <coughs> Matthew chapter 6, I'm in Matthew, that's where we're going to be mostly tonight. And again, I've, uh, I've laid pretty much the foundation of the thought for tonight. But in, in Matthew chapter 6, we, we see where it says <coughs> in verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, James asked us, what is your life? And uh, Christ is saying here, take no thought for your life. But what he's saying here is that take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, for what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Somehow don't let your life be consumed with things. Don't let your life be consumed with meeting your needs. Let your heavenly father supply your needs. Again, I'm going to be real clear on this. That does not mean sit back and just sit back in the recliner and the lazy boy and wait for God to drop meat on your front porch freshly cooked or even if it's just freshly slaughtered for you to cook. But it means do what the Lord called you to do. Follow the Lord and let Him provide the needs by following Him. Scripture says if a man don't work, he don't eat. You know, there's, there, there's all that to it. It's not saying be lazy. But it's saying don't be so consumed with it that that becomes your life of what my career was. I think of people that you talk to, again, a lot of traveling before we moved here. I don't travel, it's amazing, I don't travel near as much as I used to before we moved out here. Uh, but a lot of traveling and meeting a lot of different people, you know, when you introduce yourself to someone, one of the first questions is, well, what do you do? Or who, you know, they try to introduce themselves, I, I'm VP for this, or I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sales rep for here, or I'm a, I'm a technician for there. Or, you know, they, they give their title of their career as if that's who they are. 
they, they've done the exact opposite of this. They've taken thought for their life of what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink by making their career their life. <clears throat> Verse 31 says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or withal sh shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He's saying, stop chasing after the world. Don't let your life be consumed with the world. Let your life be consumed with the eternal things. <coughs> Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, and I jumped too far. Matthew 10, verse 37 says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He's saying, if you love anything, if your life is consumed with anything more than Christ, then you're not living a life worthy of Christ. Now, I'll be honest, I'm thankful for the grace of God that I don't have to be worthy but I would like for my life to show a little bit of worth of what Christ did for me. You know, it's, it's real easy for me to say I'm Rebecca's husband and, and make my life about my marriage. And there are people, and it's usually typically during the newlywed years, but there are some people that do it, you know, decades into the marriage that their life is all about what their marriage is and what their marriage does and the, their marriage. And I'm not, I'm not knocking celebrating your marriage. That's a beautiful thing. That's something that God gives. But that should not be your life. Even though you have become one flesh. <coughs> that here it also says, you know, father or mother, you know, taking, you know, how, how many people talk about, you know, well, my daddy was this. I know how small towns are. I, I, they weren't near as small as this one, but I grew up in small towns where it was, well, my daddy or my granddaddy or my mama or my grandma. How many times have y'all heard me from the pulpit talk about my grandmother and how much she has done for Christ in her life? But if I let my heritage, my lineage become what my life is, instead of following after Christ, then I've missed the mark. If I let my life become anything more than serving God and, and reaching for the eternal things and trying to look back at my heritage, my mother or father or whatever lineage comes from that, then according to what Christ said, I'm not worthy of Him. Something else you see a lot is my son is an honor student at this, or my daughter is an all-star in this, or, you know, my son can beat up your son, whatever. You know, the, 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 the fatherly pride or the motherly pride. And I, I, I know people like this, too, that have taken and allowed their children to be what their life 
is all about. Disclaimer, as a mother or a father, you should be pouring into your children. We already said something about that. You should be pouring into your children. You should be raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But it should be for the Lord, not for your children. I, I, I know people who have almost idolized their children. And they say, my kid does this and my kid does that. And their whole life revolves around the child to the point that they miss out on what the Lord's doing for them. They miss out on the Lord's will for them. This is Christ speaking here, Matthew 10, when he says that. When he says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth, followeth after me is not worthy of me. Keep in mind verse 39, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Keep that verse in mind. It'll come up similarly again in a, in a few minutes, but just take a, take a second to evaluate your life. What is your life? Miss Rebecca's favorite verse, Mark eight thirty six. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What good does it do to have a life that builds an empire, but you've missed out on the kingdom of God? You've been so busy building your empire on this. That, that was one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm building my empire. We're, 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 building our, we're, we're building our tower. We're, we're doing this. And, but what, what, what's, what's your life amount to for the Lord? <coughs> Matthew 16. I know I got y'all turning pages a lot, but. The quicker you turn the pages, the quicker we get home. <laughs> I didn't hear you, but I know you said something smart. Matthew 16. <clears throat> we see here that this is, if you jump down to verse 21, that this is when Christ is, is talking to the disciples and explaining to them what sh what has to come and what has to occur and what has to happen as far as the crucifixion and all this and then Peter rebukes Christ saying this isn't going to happen if I have my say and Christ rebukes him for rebuking him and he says get thee behind me Satan and then verse 24 he's speaking to the disciples again and he says and if any man come after me let him deny himself How many have made their own persona their life? They've allowed their themselves to become what their life is all about. They are completely selfish about themselves. Their whole drive, their whole motivation for living is so they can leave their mark on this world. I think of, I think of people like Elon Musk who are doing what they can to, to build, a, a, build such a business and build such a popularity about himself that when he leaves, people will talk about him for generations to come. 
I think of others in the past. I mean, you think of the great rulers uh, who have different kings and uh, uh, emperors and things like that, who their, their only desire was to build up their kingdom to the point that not, people wouldn't remember their kingdom, but people would remember the king. And again, there's even today, there's how many celebrities do you see that they're, they're pushing themselves? Self-promotion is, is well, so to me, self-promotion is one of the nastiest forms of promotion. Um, if somebody else can't promote you, then you're probably not worth promoting. But self-promotion has, has consumed many people's lives as well. But it ties into a lot of the, you know, you are enough. You, you're, you are perfect the way you are. Well, we're not perfect the way we are. That's why we need a Savior. That's, that's why we can't let our lives be about us either. The simple question of what is your life? Is it your heritage, your father and mother? Is it, is it your, your, your descendants? Is it what you're leaving behind? Is it your children? Or is it, is, it your, is it your lineage or is it your heritage that you're leaving? Or is it even just yourself, your own popularity? None of that is what God desires for his children. None of that is what we should be striving for. <coughs> you remember I told you all to remember verse 39 from chapter 10. Here in verse 25 of chapter 16 it says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, remember this is Christ speaking, lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give, ex give in exchange for his soul? The simple question is, is what is your life? If, if you don't have Christ, it would make sense for you to be striving to make a name for yourself or to carry the name of your fathers or to help build up the name that's coming up behind you. It would make sense for you to for for your life to be consumed with these other things. It be it would make sense for your life to be consumed with your career or or your notoriety to to be able to have all that you can in this world because without Christ that's the only place that you will have life is in this world. But we as Christians, as born again believers, we have eternal life and we will spend eternity with our Savior, we, we, we have an eternity before us. So therefore, this life that is but a vapor, as James put it, should be focused on Him because all this wood, hay, and stubble, as Scripture puts it, is going to be burned up. The only things that matter are the things that are eternal. Therefore, for your life to truly matter, your life should be centered around and focused on the eternal things. Scripture tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. It tells us to, to, to not place your treasures here on earth, but to place your treasures in heaven where moth and, and dust and rust and the cannot corrupt and the thief cannot break through and steal. 
just not by a show of hands. I, I, you don't have to answer this, but just think about it. How many of you have lost something due to just a, a natural disaster? A rain come through and wash things away. Down south, a hurricane come through and you could lose many things without even losing the house. You could just lose because of damage. A fire break out and you lose a warehouse. You lose something through a fire. Eternal things you can't lose that way. That's kind of the impression with the word eternal. But if your life is consumed with those things that are temporal of this world, if your life is consumed with, with, with as Scripture was saying, you know, it said, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. If your life is consumed with your family, as far as your family name, don't get me wrong, you should be consumed with giving Christ to your family. But that's your life being centered around the gospel of Christ. That's your life being centered around our Heavenly Father. That's your life being centered around Him. Simple question tonight, what is your life? Jump back to Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> when it comes to what is your life, Verse 19 is where it says, Lay up not yourselves treasures upon earth. And, but I, I want to, in closing, I want to jump down to verse 24 in chapter 6. It simply says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And it's interesting that that's what he said right before he jumped into the very next verse that says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. He's saying you cannot serve the things of this world and serve me. Your life cannot be focused on the things of this world and still be focused on the Lord. You've got to choose between them. You've got to choose. The, the choice should be simple for a born-again believer. As a matter of fact, it probably shouldn't be a choice at all, but clearly it is a choice. When he's, he's, he's speaking here and he's, he's saying you, you can't serve both. Don't, take a th don't, don't be consumed with what you need in this world. Be consumed with the things of God. And this night, that's all, this evening, that's all I want to ask you is, what is your life? Is it Christ-centered? Or is there a battle for the center ground of your life? Or even worse, is your life centered around something else and Christ is just an offset? Christ is just a convenience thing that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. Christ is just something you put on Facebook so people think that you're Christian. Or is Christ your life?
Don't answer that to me. Answer that to yourself. And be honest with the Holy Spirit. Be honest with yourself. What is your life? And if it's anything other than Christ, first, consider your salvation. If your life is consumed with anything other than Christ, or I'm not saying you can't make that poor decision as a Christian, but if, if, if Christ is not the center of your life, is he even in your life? And if he is, why is he not the center of your life? The Holy One who was there, he, he is God, there at creation. All things were made by him, all things were made for him. And he left his throne on glory, came to earth, came and suffered as, as we do, was tempted and tried as we are, beat and bloodied and murdered and, and, and crucified on Calvary to pay our sin debt so we don't have to. And he's not important enough to be the center of your life. Ask yourself, what is your life? And again, if it's not Christ, only you can make that difference. Only you can make that change to put Christ at the center of your life. If we're going to reach those, like we were talking about this morning, those that are rejecting God, if we're going to reach those that are being closer and closer to the point of God giving them over, if we're going to make a difference in their lives, then we've got to show that Christ made a difference in ours. So again, ask yourself, what is my life? Dear Lord, 